Well, good morning. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And I love being with Methodists. I love, I love United Methodists. If you ever hear me say anything bad about Methodists, it's a lover's quarrel. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful and thankful to have been invited to come and to preach. And uh, I know I've got big shoes to fill this morning. Uh, I've served with um, Brother Sylvester on the cabinet for um, my first four years here. And um, he's some kind of preacher. And he is good. You, you all got a good one. You got a couple good ones on staff. So we're grateful and thankful. Glad to have uh, your district superintendent, uh, Reverend James Barnett, uh, is here this morning. And we, we do welcome him and glad that he's able to be with us. Well, I want to talk about Mother's Day and I want to talk about the best mom ever. I know that's probably yours, right? The best mom ever. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that over the next few minutes you would give me grace to preach with power and with clarity and with the unction of your Holy Spirit. As we celebrate mothers today, as we celebrate women today, we give you thanksgiving for those who have touched our lives and have done so much to enrich us and to give us a firm foundation on which to stand. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Open our ears and our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. The scriptures are very clear in Exodus 20, 12. It tells us that we are to honor our father and our mother, that our days may be long in the land that the Lord our God is giving us. It's one of the commandments, but it's also one that has a promise that when we honor our parents, we will have longer days. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 2, and it's already been read, chapter 2, verses 51 through 52. This is almost all that we know with the exception of the story of Jesus at the temple when his parents had lost him for three days. Doesn't that give you hope as a parent to know that Jesus' parents lost him? But anyways, this scripture is all that we know about Jesus' childhood. And I want to submit to you that that's enough. I don't have time to go through this whole verse and, and, and parse it out for you, but it tells us that there are four ways that we are to grow. Parents, mothers, there's four ways that you should ensure that your children or your child is growing. It says, and Jesus grew, verse 52, in wisdom, that's mentally, and stature, that's physically, and in favor with God and man, that's spiritually and socially. Those are the four ways, the four dimensions of a complete, a happy and healthy life that we might grow physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. What word or phrase comes to your mind when you think of your own mother? Somebody just yell out a couple of them. Caring, patience. Others? Giving. Others? Beautiful. I, I like that one. I like that one. That's good. There are many things that we could use to describe our own parent, our own mother. Who do you see when you think of a godly mother? Who, what picture, what person comes to your mind? 
Well, for me, there's two people. The first one is a lady by the name of Sandy Polk. And Sandy lives in uh, Indianapolis. She's, she's from Elkhart, Indiana. And Sandy never had any children of her own, but she was mother to hundreds of kids. She was a school teacher, and her husband ran a boys and girls club called Lifeline Youth for Christ. And Sandy Polk was not only um, a mother that encouraged, but she was also a spiritual mom. I call her my spiritual mother. Uh, and I've stayed out of a lot of trouble because I didn't want to explain how I got into it to Sandy. And I'm not the only one, I'm not the only one. The, the next person that comes to mind, not only uh, Sandy Polk, but a lady by the name of Eva Wicks. Eva was married to George Wicks and they traveled around the Midwest doing lay witness missions. And the best picture, my favorite picture of Eva Wicks, she was 80 years old and she went to the altar when the invitation to Christian discipleship was given, she went to the altar to pray with a teenage girl in my church. 80 years old. What a wonderful, you know, the Bible says he or she that winneth souls is wise. What a wonderful picture. When I think of a godly woman, you got the feeling that if you could just take Eva's face and just stretch, stretch the skin back, that you would see Jesus. She is a wonderful, wonderful Christian lady. And um, every time I think of a godly woman, she's the picture that comes to mind. Well, I'm gonna go very quickly through my five Bible candidates for the best mom ever. Well, we'd have to start number five, I think is Joshebed, Joshebed, and that is the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. She trusted God to provide, and God came through. Wouldn't you love that, parents, that you could put your kid in a basket, <laughs> send them away, and then you get fetched and paid to take care of them? <laughs> that's, that's not a bad gig if you can get it. Number four is Ruth, and Ruth was the, um, was the daughter-in-law to Naomi, now, don't, don't think for a minute, we, we, we glorify that story of Ruth and Naomi. Remember we get the wedding, the wedding thing out of that, where entreat me not to leave you or depart from you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. But listen, you know how she got the name of Naomi? Her real name was Ruth. She said, don't call me Ruth anymore, which means full and happy. She said, call me no Naomi. Naomi means bitter. And, and yet, um, Ruth chose to stay with her. Excuse me. Ruth chose to stay, or Naomi chose to stay with Ruth, trying to go too fast. How would you like a mother-in-law that was bitter? <laughs> not, not, a, not a good thing. Not a good thing. So she's on, there, on the list for best mom ever. Number three is Hannah, the mother of Samuel. You remember her story, right? She was in the temple praying, and the, pro and the priest came in and thought she was drunk. And she says, no, I'm not drunk. I'm really, I'm really wanting to have a child. And so the priest prayed for her and God blessed her and she was able to have her child. And then she took that child named Samuel and she brought him back to the temple after he had been weaned. And every year she would bring him new clothes and she turned him into a priest. She, she dedicated him to God uh, at God's direction. Number two is an unnamed Syrophoenician woman. We don't know her name, but we do know her story. 
Remember, this lady had the audacity to ask Jesus to heal her daughter, and Jesus gave a response that day. We say, Jesus, I don't know if you were on your A game or not. It does not sound like the, like, like the type of response that we expect out of Jesus. Jesus said to this woman who was seeking healing for her daughter, Jesus said, why should we take the bread that should be given to the children and give it to the dogs? And this lady was so quick. She said, but, but master, she said, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. Jesus impressed with her answer and her faith. He said, you can go your way. Your daughter is healed. And her daughter was healed. And then there was Rahab. I think she's number one on the list, at least on my list, for best mom ever. This lady had a very, very shady past. She was uh, a lady of the night. See, in the second service, I can just call it like it is. I'll just say she was a hoe. (laughs) But this is a traditional service where I have to be nice. But God got a hold of her, and she helped the spies, and she protected them, and God changed her heart. Let me show you how much God changed this lady's heart. Some of you will not get this, and you're going to go and look it up after the service. She's in the genealogy of Jesus, a bad girl that God turned good. Listen, there's hope for all of us, amen? There's nothing that you have done that God can't forgive. There's nothing you've done that God can't heal. There's nothing you've done that God can't mend. If God can fix Rahab, then maybe there's a chance for me. Well, there's some characteristics that godly mothers should have, and there's at least five of those. The first one is submission to the Lord. Submission to the Lord. You remember Mary? She said, Lord, be it unto me, whatever your will is. And she became a vessel for God to use, submission to God. And then there's commitment to the family. I've already mentioned Ruth, so we'll, we'll just go on. But there's commitment. She said, I'm not going to leave you. You may be bitter. You may be grouchy some days but I'm sticking with you. That's my commitment. And then there's the unknown widow in the temple with Jesus. Nobody knows her name. We only know the act that she did only because Jesus pointed it out. Jesus called her out. She put in a few copper coins, a few pennies into the treasury. And Jesus, watching all these other folks write big checks and, you know, use their debit cards, scanning it. He said, that lady gave more than all of them. And the disciples are like, dude, we can count. He's like, no, no, no. They gave out of their abundance. She gave all that she had. Godly mothers have a spirit of generosity. And then there was Moses' mom who had the faith to believe that God would make a way. And you know what? God made a way. There's Dorcas, who has service to others, her knitting and her crocheting and her fabric work. And there's Hannah, Samuel's mom that we already mentioned, a service to others. She gave God back. She gave Samuel, excuse me, back to God as a servant. 
Listen, I want you to understand this morning, there's no need for any of the women here to believe that you have to be a superwoman. You can make God's list of best mom ever. Because a godly woman, a godly mother, first of all, trust in God. I hope that this day, of all the things that you're going to hear, all the good things that you're going to hear, and the experiences that you have, I hope with all my heart that your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is on solid ground and on stable territory. A godly mother trusts in God. A godly mother prays for her children and for others. A godly mother has a prayer life that reaches out to others. A godly mother is a disciple maker. I shared with you earlier that picture in my mind of Eva Wicks. I can't get it out of my head. A godly mother takes time and prays and intercedes and encourages others, is a disciple maker. A godly mother lives with Christ-like selflessness. Others are put first. You know, for years and years and years, I thought I'm the baby of 12 children. Yeah, my family quit having children when they got one they wanted. <laughs> my brothers and sisters hate it when I say that because they can't argue. They can't argue. But for years, for years, I grew up thinking that my mother's favorite part of the chicken was the neck. As I got older, I began to understand that was the only piece that was left. When you have a big family and everybody gets to go first, well, she fried the chicken. Why didn't she just take the best part out, set it aside, feed the family, and then have... No. Selflessness. A godly mother fears... And the word fear, we need to translate that. The word fear means to have reverential awe. It means to honor. A godly mother honors the Lord. A godly mother puts God in, in first place. Proverbs 31.30 says this, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. As a, as a godly mother, it is important to display faith, grace, and forgiveness. And I think about the best mom ever. Of course, I, I start with my own mom. I remember the day that my mom died. She called all of the children that were there, that were present. Everybody wasn't there. All of us weren't home, but those who were present, along with spouses, she called us into her bedroom. And I thought, she said, she said I, want, I want to have prayer. Well, we've got three people in my family that are pastors, ministers. So I thought, surely she's just going to call one of us and we'll just have a prayer. My mother said, no, no, no. She said, I want everybody, you take turns, and we're just going to go around the room, and you're all going to pray. 
I was able to reflect on that. Why in the world would my mom, with three kids that are pastors, why would she want us all to take turns and pray? I believe that it was her way of saying, if I've done my job right, as I prepare to leave, If my children know how to pray, they'll be all right. Shortly after that, she said goodbye and went on to her heavenly reward. If my children know how to pray, they'll be all right. When I think of the best mom ever, I can't help but think of Maureen Bellamy's mom. Her name was Mrs. Hill. I don't remember her first name. She lived in Elkhart, Indiana. And I was the pastor of a, of a church up there. And I got to do Mrs. Hill's funeral. And we were sitting around the dinner table afterwards, you know, at the repast at the church. And we were sitting around. And uh, I asked Maureen, I said, do you have any memories of your mom that's real special? And she said, yeah, she said, I've got one. She said, the day my brother burned down the barn. <laughs> I said, I got to hear this. She said, yeah, she said, my brother, he was nine or 10 years old, and he found some, some, of, my, some of my dad's cigarettes, and he went up in the barn in the hayloft, and he was smoking. Said my father saw puffs of smoke coming out of the haystack, and went up to investigate. Well, as he was coming in, uh, the boy, her, her brother, quickly put out the cigarette, but he stuffed it inside a bale of hay. Well, later on, it smoltered. It wasn't quite out. It smoltered and reignited and caught the barn on fire and burned the barn down. She said that boy got sent to bed. He was in big trouble. Said he got sent to bed in the middle of the afternoon, told he, he couldn't even come out of his room for supper. She said later that evening, when everybody else had gone to bed, the barn, the barn was a total waste. Everything in it was gone. The only thing that, that helped is they were able to get all the animals out. She said, my mother snuck upstairs, got my brother out of bed. They went out to the barn, and there she had a little table, and they sat down in the chairs and roasted hot dogs and had s'mores. She said, and mom told him, it wasn't a good thing what you did. But we're not raising barns and animals, we're raising children. And she exhibited grace and forgiveness. Grace and forgiveness. God calls us to be men and women that are godly. God calls us to be men and women that are faithful. And I want to, just for a couple of minutes, I want to offer a special prayer on Mother's Day for all the women of the church. Listen, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you didn't have children, and that's fine. You're, you're an aunt, you're a... Sister, you're a role model.
to so many others. And can I tell you, people will look at you long before they ever want to know anything about the church or the Bible or Jesus or anything. They're going to look at you. And my hope and prayer is that when they look at you, they see Jesus. They experience what it means to be in the presence of someone that loves God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let me offer a prayer for you, for all the women of the church. Lord Jesus, I pray just now that you would bless our mothers, our aunts, our sisters, our cousins, our nieces. Lord, bless these women. Strengthen them. Fill them anew with your Holy Spirit. Bless the women of this church that they would continue the strong legacy, the spiritual uh, power that is in this place, that they would continue to model that every day of their lives. Give them strength, protect them, bless them, anoint them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, and let Jesus be the joy of their lives. Thank you for godly women. Thank you for our godly mothers. In your name, amen.